Looking to stand out from the pack at your first job? When you earn a master's in management from Georgetown, you'll gain the skills employers value most, elevating your career prospects for years to come. Get started at choosegeorgetown.com slash MIM. Welcome to the Smart Driving Cars podcast. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with the faculty chair of Autonomous Vehicle Engineering at Princeton University, Alan Kornhauser. Hi, Alan. Uh, Good morning, Fred. Well, it has been nearly a week since a self-driving Uber vehicle killed 49-year-old Elaine Herzberg as she walked her bicycle across a highway in Tempe, Arizona. Our sincere condolences to her family, first of all. And what we've been learning in the aftermath is raising many, many questions. So, Alan, let's get started. Uh, yes, Fred, I guess last time we talked, we haven't seen the the dash cam video. And now that we've seen the dash cam video, then um, there raises um, a lot a lot of questions here. Uh, again, we want to point out from the beginning, this is, as it's been uh, uh, stated, this is the, the dash cam video. And I don't think it's the video that's used by the system to do the image processing to basically be part of the algorithm that uh, Uber uses to do its self-driving. It's very grainy. It seems to be at a very uh, low frame rate. And um, I would hope uh, that the the system that Uber uses uh, relies on a a better uh, video system than what was released also, it's redacted at the bottom, and uh, but uh, even with all of its graininess, um, uh, it it points out that uh, maybe there's some real flaws in the in, in the um, uh, in the Uber system. Um, where uh, I seem to be coming down on it is that um, is that the, the automated emergency braking system which is really supposed to have as part of its job uh, to do pedestrian detection, um, uh, apparently um, uh, was not uh, working at the time because it seems uh, looking at the uh, road configuration and the approach um, of the vehicle and the trajectory that um, Elaine was taking as she crossed uh, uh, really one a lane of, of road and half of another lane of road plus a median uh, where she should have been um, basically uh, within a, a, a very uh, narrow uh, field of view, of, you know, 10 to 12 degrees um, uh, should have been seen by, uh, if not a human, uh, certainly uh, everything that uh, many of us are touting about uh, these um, automated systems. Um, this is sort of, in some sense, almost the sweet spot of the automation. It, it's supposed to uh, do uh, for us what, what we are not so capable of doing. And and this includes not just uh, with respect to the um, the image processing and video that's going on uh, basically every 30th of a second as these systems drive, but also the LIDAR and, and, and the radar. I mean, personally, I've been sort of on, on the 
on the side that we didn't even need LIDAR because our image processing was so good and so fast uh, that it can do this kind of thing basically, um, you know, in its sleep. Uh, I'm, I'm being a little flippant there, but um, this seems as if um, this isn't an edge case um, unless she was really running uh, across uh, that roadway, uh, which she may have been, but even if she was doing, you know, 10 minute miles almost, uh, it would take her a, a full, you know, close to three seconds uh, to get to where, she, where she would have been uh, basically on this open roadway uh, in, the, in line of, of this uh, approaching vehicle. And that basically puts the, the vehicle at, um, you know, going something like has been reported 38 miles per hour, uh, puts uh, maybe as far away and maybe farther than 150 feet uh, from uh, when um, Elaine would have appeared um, in this roadway. And uh, 150 feet is a lot of time. Uh, at 38 uh, miles per hour, it's basically, you know, three seconds or something or close to it. And uh, for the for these, the system to be able to basically recognize and react and break. And so um, there must be a, an enormous fatal flaw in uh, the Uber system. And where, that, where I would suggest people take a look uh, at this is in the automated emergency braking system. And, and heaven forbid, if Uber built its uh, self-driving system on top of the Volvo uh, uh, automated emergency braking system, which who knows what version was in that vehicle, uh, but versions in 2016 of those uh, vehicles uh, stated uh, explicitly to owners uh, that the pedestrian detection system uh, in that automated emergency braking system uh, operated only at speed ranges of between 2 and 30 miles per hour. And of course, this vehicle was traveling at greater than 30 miles per hour. Uh, so um, if, uh, if you had a, a Volvo system, forget about all the self-driving, um, then you, and when you go greater than 30 miles per hour, um, the pedestrian detection system basically uh, uh, doesn't respond. Now, some listeners may think, well, you know, that's really crazy. In some sense, it really isn't. It's because the, the pedestrian detection system is not good enough. In other words, when you're too far away or, too, uh, or, or, or going too fast, but this is really implied too far away to uh, do something, to, to avert a crash, uh, then uh, the false alarm rate of these uh, systems is so great that they're afraid of uh, a false positive. In other words, uh, uh, picking up a signal out of that system uh, that suggests that there is a pedestrian where there isn't one and therefore applies the brakes 
uh, as you're basically cruising along at 40 or 50 or 60 miles an hour, all of a sudden the brakes go on. And if you were riding in the vehicle, you'd be saying, oh, my goodness, what's going on? There's nothing happening. And that's the false alarm. And that's really what, it, what they're trying to avert. Uh, the problem is, is by uh, turning off the system and uh, not having false alarms or not responding to, to, to those because you're afraid of the false alarms, what you're creating are, are, are false negatives. In other words, you're not seeing a pedestrian when you're going uh, 40 miles an hour. And therefore, what happens? Well, <laughs> Uh, then you have the, the tragedy that uh, that Uber uh, just um, just ex- experienced and that we're all experiencing. So uh, if uh, this is um, uh, turns out to be the, the fault, then what it, it uh, means is that what we have to do is just make the automated emergency braking systems uh, really work. We should be doing that anyway because. Uh, those of us or those that wish to have a safer vehicle and yet keep their hands on the wheel and and feet on the brakes will still then get the benefit of the system in case, uh, geez, they weren't paying attention for one reason or another and, and didn't see pedestrians. I know it's very difficult for me to see pedestrians when I drive at night. I really want one of these systems. And in some sense, uh, the uh, encounter that um, that Uber had uh, in this in this tragic crash is, in some sense, what should be the sweet spot of the automated system, as opposed to the tragedy. On top of that, uh, Alan, you've seen the video uh, that was pointed, uh, the camera that was pointed at the attendant who was on board. Yes, I saw that. I mean, look, uh, one of the re- one of the things that Waymo has been saying, uh, what for four years now or more, they said they they wanted to skip over what people call level three, which means you know self driving, which is uh, we're only going to do the the automated driving in in certain places at certain times when you can take your hands off the wheel and feet off the brakes. But we're going to require the, the driver to be, to be uh, to be remain aware so that the driver can can jump in and be Superman or Superwoman and take over and save the day in case something starts to happen. And and Waymo has publicly said very strongly uh, for some time saying that this is not a a, a very good situation to be uh, for. For many reasons, one, uh, people might not be able to um, to uh, stay and pay attention, and the other is is that my goodness, if something all of a sudden starts to happen, um, none of us have been trained to, to to do what we should do, and so in some sense, it's better to leave the to really uh, develop our algorithms so that they do the right thing in those situations. Uh, then to say, uh, then to basically throw the, the the driving back to the driver and say, "Oh, I'm out of here." You know, now you take over; it's your problem. And and I firmly believe in the philosophy that um, that Waymo has had uh, on this. That in fact, uh, we need to make these systems good enough 
uh, so that, in fact, they know what to do in essentially all situations, all these corner cases that people want to talk about. And again, I want to say, this doesn't look like a corner case. This looks like a sweet spot for all of this. And, and in some sense, uh, whether or not the driver was, was paying attention, not paying attention, looking down at the computer that, that Uber had put uh, down low, uh, uh, you know, in, in, the, in the vehicle, and he was just checking the data coming from the system or who knows what, uh, whatever. I, you know, um, I don't think it should focus on the driver. Um, it, it, it looks bad for Uber. That's not where I would focus. Where I would focus is where people didn't focus enough on the on the Brown crash in a Tesla crash in Florida, nor may not be focusing enough on the Tesla crash uh, with respect to the fire truck. Uh, this has to do with the automated emergency braking system. It's got to be able to function and not hit things that are in front of it at going at the zero longitudinal velocity, uh, which, you know, people who work in this field will understand what I said. But uh, um, um, I think that, that that's, let's move on from the driver. Uh, even before the crash, Uber's self-driving vehicle project was reportedly having its problems, at least in comparison with uh, others like Waymo. We, we've commented in the past about, about the... The, uh, the reporting requirements of, of California, I think, you know, a lot of people say they're not enough and so on. They're at least something, and they, and they, they, uh, they really point out that, uh, that in terms of uh, the, the number of times that one has to take over control uh, because the system, the uh, overseer expected um, for Waymo is like once every, Every five thousand miles, and what was reported was that uh, for, for for Uber, it's once every thirteen miles. I mean, it's look, it it, it it it's been obvious that Waymo is just way ahead of everybody. They've done their homework. It's seemingly much better. I, I don't know if Waymo. Maybe it would be nice if Waymo would uh, would basically um, uh, report back as to how many times they've incurred a situation that was essentially equivalent uh, to what Uber encountered, and nothing happened um, in their you know five million miles or whatever number of miles of, of of driving. They must have encountered this kind of situation of there being you know a, a pedestrian crossing. Uh, in a non-crosswalk, and uh, which they picked them up, uh, her up at night at ten o'clock at night in low light condition and whatever was was in this thing, um, and if they haven't, uh, certainly maybe GM has and others have and so on, and um, and again, you know, to me this looks like um, it, it it's it's not a corner case from what we know so far. And if it does turn out to be a corner case, you know, I'll certainly apologize in, in one of our future uh, podcasts for being so stupid. Well, Velodyne, the company that makes the LiDAR sensors uh, used by Uber, uh, said yesterday that it does not believe that its technology was at fault here. 
since the LIDAR itself doesn't make the decisions about braking or swerving out of the way. And that's really what you're talking about with the automatic braking. Well, of course, LIDAR doesn't make the decisions. The radar doesn't make the decisions. The video doesn't make the decisions. That's all the downstream computational processes that takes all that and converts it into into basically uh, situations or labels it uh, and says, well, because of its behavior this way or that way, we should do this or that. I mean, uh, and and Uber, I don't believe, was running a deep learning neural network such that we have no idea what goes on in the middle. It just takes the data and feeds out and, and said, don't do anything. You know, I doubt that that's, that's what the, the software that they, are, they were running. They were running a, 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 a logic stack, you know, of if-else uh, statements, and uh, one should be able to follow that uh, precisely uh, through the process. Again, uh, you know, last time I, I was I, I was calling for uh, Uber to release the actual uh, data streams uh, of both video, lidar, and radar uh, that it was using in the two to three seconds prior to that that crash, so that others can basically take the same sensor package data and see whether or not their algorithms would have done anything. And, uh, and so, uh, it, and it's imperative that, that Uber releases that. And I, I don't know if they don't, what excuses they're going to say. Now, one of the excuses can't be that, my goodness, we didn't record this data. <laughs> if they're not recording the data that they're out there um, that their sensors are, are sensing as they're out there testing, what are they doing? Uh, so it's not that the data wasn't recorded. Um, um, that would be absolutely just tragic. Now, Uber has suspended its program for now while the crash is investigated. At least two others, uh, Toyota and Newtonomy, have now said they're hitting the pause button on their testing programs, too. I guess we haven't seen anything about Waymo's plan. Well, I mean, I think it tells us about Toyota and 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 Newtoni. They, they must have looked at, at what the what the scenario was here and gone back, and maybe they looked at their own uh, automated emergency braking systems and and said, "Oh my goodness," or I don't know why. I mean. Um, or maybe they're just waiting for the data that, that comes out of, uh, of Uber that says um, that, that says that um, so that they can actually test their systems to see if they would have um, if they would have just continued on or if they would have begin, begun to apply the brakes and gradually stop and, and allow a lane to, uh, to elegantly pass in front of them. Um, uh, I, I can't imagine that each of those, those each of those companies have simulators. They must have put something in there to to see whether or not their systems would would operate here. And of course, the the the, the biggest telltale would be, oh my goodness, somewhere in the code it says that the automated uh, pedestrian that the pedestrian detection system only works uh, up to speeds of thirty miles per hour. Uh, well, if that was somewhere buried in their code, they should stop. Now, you know, again, I'm, that's a that's a lot of presumptions on my part, uh, but um, 
but and I and I and I apologize to our listeners, you know, for making um, uh, such a such assumptions, but um, but that may be what's at stake of what they're doing here. Uh, the fact that Waymo has not stopped is we know they told us about their simulators and how many uh, how many miles of driving that they've simulated, and I'm I I'm sure they spent an all nighter uh, last week uh, putting in this configuration and, and seeing what the, their system would do, and and they. They must have come out of there and 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 um, and 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 reported up the line of uh, the chain of command, saying, uh, "Hey, we got this one. This is this is this is easy for us." Uh, but uh, maybe I'm, you know, again, I'm just an academic in a backwater university, whatever. You say that a little too often. <laughs> in, in China, we should. Uh, again, it's 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 easy for me to sit here, you know, and not be under the firing lines. And I, I you know, this this is tough work. Um, but as the information comes out of this situation, this is an easy one. The the the, the Tesla Florida crash was was in some sense a little bit more difficult. Uh, um, but um, but again, you know, that one shouldn't have occurred either. Well, there is, there, is, there is still testing going on, obviously. In China, Baidu, for instance, has uh, received permission to begin testing in the suburbs of Beijing. It's in a limited area, about 65 miles of roadway. And also in San Ramon, California, driverless uh, 12-passenger shuttle buses made their debut this week. Yeah, well, in, in in California, it's a little different situation. That's low speed and so on, and, and in some sense... Uh, uh, the pedestrian detection is, is operating there. It's the key piece of, the, of those systems. And, uh, and so, uh, yes, uh, that's uh, going forward. Um, but again, it's low speed, but, but let's do that well and, and let's get that going. And, uh, of course, <laughs> I guess the Chinese must be licking their chops. I don't know. Uh, this is a great opportunity for them to uh, leap forward. Finally, in, in Michael Senna's uh, latest issue of The Dispatcher, he points out in the aftermath of the Uber crash in Arizona that he has said before here in, on our podcast and elsewhere that we should not be beta testing with humans. As, as... Well, I love, I love Michael dearly, and, and I, I certainly appreciate his position, and, and I, I, I repeat it here, uh, and, and, you know, there, there are... There isn't, you know, just one point of view here. The, the difficulty is, is that uh, these systems provide benefit. A system that works, certainly as, as many of us have thought that systems should work and have tried to make systems work, uh, should have been able to handle this situation and not have uh, the tragic outcome. And a, a system uh, operating pr- uh, properly and not being an advanced, oh, my goodness, we can't do this system. Uh, but one that, 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 is, that is really that, that I suspect um, uh, Waymo has uh, working extremely well and maybe others uh, um, uh, should have been able to, to 
handle this situation with, with, without any problem. And most importantly, if the system would have been in a vehicle in which the driver was behaving as the driver was behaving in this situation, uh, having or not having a, 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 an automated element in it, then it would have been able to not have the crash. Uh, so if a driver is not paying attention, it could have averted it. And so the important reason to continue the testing uh, of, of, of what would be called um, mature systems, systems that have been tested in, in test tracks and in, in, in close courses and through simulation uh, and that done extensively, really have to go out there and, and operate in the real world. Otherwise, all it's doing is adding another you know, report on some shelf of some researcher and not providing the public benefit. At some point, one has to go out there in public and one has to do like one wants to call that beta testing, beta testing. And, and one has to get there and, and do that. And so, um, yes, uh, Mike, I appreciate your your view on that. Uh, many have that view, uh, but uh, we've been doing this uh, long enough, and some people have developed systems that are really good enough uh, that we should be out there uh, doing the, the testing real, and not only the testing real, beginning to put it into into valuable mobility services so that, in fact, uh, one gets the benefit of, of all that work and delivers that to society in terms of having better, uh, more affordable, and safer mobility for, for everyone. There was an interesting piece uh, in Alfar. Uh, they spoke with the head of Udacity's driverless cars educational courses. One of the things that I, that was written there was that uh, there's not enough people being trained in this type of engineering. Well, you know, I'm trying to put my students through it. Uh, they're trying to learn this stuff. Uh, uh, they're out there ready to go out there and start to work. And uh, yes, we, we do need a lot more people. This is this is a, the, the mo- mobility of everybody is, is a big uh, social value issue and, and opportunity. And uh, one needs to be able to, one needs to, to have um, uh, good people working here. And good people have been working uh, at, at Uber and uh, it's um, whatever. Um, uh, we have to learn, as I pointed out originally, we have to learn from this. And the best way for all of us to learn from this one is for Uber to uh, basically make available exactly what happened, provide the data in in all its uh, its, um, uh, details. And so that everybody can say, hey, you know, we can at least handle this one uh, and and have this be one of the hurdles that one has to go through to be able to uh, actually put systems out there. Uh, we all want to learn about this. Uh, as I point out, may, people uh, may realize that when they get in their cars that there are these yellow uh, placards all over their cars that say that the children should not sit in the front seat of the of a passenger vehicle because an airbag uh, may um, may um, not 
treat them so well. Uh, and the reason I guess all that is in there is because when airbags first came out, nobody realized that, my goodness, in a crash, the airbag might, uh, might do more harm to a child uh, than the crash itself. And um, certainly everybody, I can must imagine everybody that worked uh, on airbags prior to that had no idea that, uh, that never even thought about the possibility that, that a child being hurt by these. And uh, once it, 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 it was, um, it went into actual service and it was realized, oh my goodness, we have to fix this. So it was fixed Children have to sit in the back seat. There are sensors in the in the passenger seat that basically um, uh, uh, make it so that the, the airbag uh, won't um, uh, operate um, if there's a child there or however that whole system works. And so, um, unfortunately, we had to trip over it before we realized we had to fix it. Um, we tripped over this one. Let's fix it. And I'm sure it's going to be in the forefront at uh, NVIDIA's GPU technology conference, and that's coming up uh, next week. Yep, I get on a plane at 2 o'clock in Newark on Monday and go out there, and uh, yes, uh, it's important. They're doing the processors, but, and, what, and once they're fed the data, if they have the right algorithm, uh, this... Um, this situation that we encountered a little, um, almost a week ago, uh, we should never encounter again. Let's hope so. Well, that's it for this edition of the Smart Driving Cars podcast. Don't forget to get info on the Smart Driving Cars Summit coming up at Princeton University this spring. That's on the 16th and 17th of May. You can find details at summit.smartdrivingcar.com. Find us at SmartDrivingCar.com, on iTunes, Google Play, and more. And look for my tech reports at Textination.com. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with Alan Kornhauser. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you in May. Huge savings on new and previously leased furnishings. That's right, huge savings. At Court Furniture Clearance Center, choose from our wide variety of new and previously leased furniture and decor for your home or office. You'll find sofas from $199.99 and more. Everything in our 9,000-square-foot showroom is Court-certified, guaranteed, and in stock, ready for delivery or to take home today. Visit our Chantilly Court Furniture Clearance Center at 13946 Lee Jackson Memorial Highway or go online at courtclearancefurniture.com. Mention Radio 20 and get 20% off.